is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. All right. Today on the podcast, I have Bruce McIntosh from the Just a Runner podcast. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are, how are you? Good, good. So we're recording this during the coronavirus pandemic. So we'll touch on that a little bit. But I do, I always like to just get started with finding out more about how you got started with running. So let's go like way back. Were you an athlete growing up? Were you in sports growing up? Not really. I was kind of like, I think one year, I went out for football one year when I was young and I was like the third, fourth string guy off the bench on the scout team. Uh, I was never a runner until I got older. Uh, probably the furthest I ever, I think I ran a mile when they made us in gym class type of guy. Yeah. But smaller than, and when I got a little older, I put on a few pounds, started hitting some numbers I didn't like. And at best, I was like the dude, like the weekend athlete type, weekend warrior athlete, where I'd go out and try to do stuff and then not do anything all week long, except go to work. And well, that then in, we're going back to 2004 for me. Mm -hmm. I was, 38, uh, the number on the scale was getting way higher than I liked. It's still higher than I like, but, <laughs> and, and actually I say I have two running careers, but I'm that later, but, uh, I finally got up. It was in March and I went out the door and I think I ran down to the quarter mile to the corner and had to stop to catch my breath. I was definitely not a runner. wasn't dressed like a runner back then. Uh, things have changed some in the 16 years since then. I mean, I was going out in cotton sweatpants and a sweatshirt and stuff. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, was, it was cold. It was a cold March morning, so it was probably in the 30s. But uh, I think I got up to a mile. And then one, probably a week or two after that, I've been, I was trying that for a while, a mile. Uh, went through grocery store and saw an ad for Runner's World magazine. Mm -hmm. And on the back of it, they had a run-walk plan that starts you off like 30 minutes of walking and then just mix in running with it and build you up to a half hour. And I followed that plan fairly closely and was getting out three, four times a week. And one thing led to another. I just kept at it and that got me... And I started building from there. Even before I finished the plan, I signed up for my first 5K. Yeah. And went and ran that. Actually, I ended up having to walk a few of it at this pretty much at the point that I was at in the training plan. I was having to stop and walk for a little bit then. <laughs> so what I'm so curious. So what about that period in your life? did it feel like, okay, I have to do something like why, why then? And why running? I tried other things and nothing ever stuck. Uh, younger, when we were kids, we'd ride bikes all the time. And I just, uh, with the weather and stuff, it was too hard to get out consistently. And for some reason, and I'd try other sports and, it might be fun, but you either needed other people or the cost involved. Of course, running's not the cheap. It's as cheap as <laughs> you could Yeah, you think it's cheap until you start and you realize, oh, crap. I mean, you could get started with a pair of sneakers and some shorts and a, 
uh, shirt. And yeah, that just, uh, it was the one exercise that I took up that I was able to say, I mean, I had tried other things and I think my overall condition, I was in terrible shape. I'm like five, eight and I was hitting 200 pounds and I decided to do something to try to, I'm not very good at dieting. I'm still no good at that. Uh, I'm still heavier than I should be. But uh, at least with the running, I was able to maintain, got that down some when I'm, you know, really watching what I eat, which is sporadic at best. <laughs> uh, but the running, for some reason, that stuck. And I think one thing that I'll say that got it to stick for me was I started going to races. And once I, you know, I knew I wanted to keep doing that and I knew I had to run consistently to be able to go there and finish the races. Uh, at least I wasn't, I knew I would never be up front, but yep. I wanted to at least try to be improving and consistent. And so, so, and I ran pretty consistent and pretty good for till about 2011 or 12. Uh, I went through a divorce, job loss, and all these other things. And for a couple years, running kind of took a back step. And then I kind of ended up on the job that I'm at now. And I've been working consistently there for the last nine years after I was there a while. And I had met uh, Maria, who I'm now married to during this period. And it seemed like by 2014, after two years of maybe running once a month, I started running consistently again. I met the running group that I run with. Uh, other things, I got remarried second time. Yeah. And one thing went, and I had been on the job for a while. Things were going good there. I'm still there, so mm -hmm. uh, after bouncing around some jobs for a few years, the consistent, everything kind of fell in my place that I was able to start getting consistent again. Yeah, I think you hit on some big things because I think a lot of people think if they start something and then it doesn't work out well, like, oh, like I'm a failure. But this is like, this is normal for us to like, okay, cool, we tried something, we had to take like a back, like a back seat and then we can get back to it. And like with anything, with jobs or relationships or careers, that it's not this, like you, you finish, you finish high school and you're like, cool, this is going to be my life. And then you're like, oh, no, wow. my life is like all over the place. Yeah, my running's been up and down. I've had some really good years and some really bad years. And, like, I went from running 16, 1,700 miles a year to 200 to 400 for those two years. And then I, I've had to build up. And I, I really haven't got back to where I was before. And maybe I will someday. But uh, maybe this year I've been – I'm trying to get more consistent in my running with everything going on. Uh, it's – I've always considered my, even those when I was barely running at all, I've always considered myself a runner and still uh, knew a lot of runners. And right now, most of my friends and everything I do is sort of, it's become um, such a bigger part of my life than ever. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. <laughs> I'm reading the book Atomic Habits with one of my clients and they talk about that, like how important it is for, I mean, you just need two things. If we want a habit to stick, it's like, it, the habit becoming a part of your identity. So even just the name of your podcast, just a runner and the name of my podcast too, but like, it's like part of your identity. And yes. then also 
finding that community. Like when your friends are doing the thing that you want to do, you're more likely to do it. So you like all of your friends are in the running community as well. Uh, or, it's <laughs> out that way. Or, I don't know if it's because all my friends are in there or I started running and i made all my friends in the running. Cause uh, in 2014, like towards the end of the year, uh, I had started running with this group. It was associated with a running store, which two years later they shut down. And in that time we had all become close friends and we all were running together. We wanted to keep it going. So I created a Facebook group for our running group and we've just kept it going. We've added people. Uh, we've lost a few just because, you know, that's the way it happens. And, but we've had uh, basically the same people now for three, four years. And I've been running. There's some of them I've been running with for five, six years now. So uh, somehow that's become my running family, if you will. And got, to, you know, a lot of close friends there. And what's funny is now there are two separate entities. But before I started the podcast, I was trying to think of a name for this running group, just to name it on Facebook, to call it something. It actually became just a running group. And then later on, I decided I was going to do the podcast, which is originally was just me. So I called it just a runner's podcast. Mm -hmm. So there's a connection, but uh, not everybody in the running group is in the podcast yet. Yeah. I, it's funny, too, to think about, like, your 18-year-old self, if you, like, you're playing football, running is usually the punishment yes sports, like you messed up go run sprints or like or, or gym class go go run the mile test and like everyone hates it so for it to be such a big part of your life and for you to have a podcast about it is huge like, <laughs> like such a big change there yeah um I want to go back a little bit so you were saying that everything kind of changed when you started going to races um and that's like a for my listeners, I talk to a lot of people where that's really hard for them to decide to sign up for a race because they don't think they're ready or they think they'll be the slowest one or the baddest one or they just look so out of place if they show up. Can you share a little bit more about starting to do races and what that was like for you? Um, oh, I'm sorry. You're good. <laughs> Come on. The dog. <laughs> This is what it's like being at home. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess at first I was concerned, and once you start going, you make friends, and a lot of times the rivalries or friendly competitions there, I actually used to consider myself one of the least competitive runners out there. Uh, I mean, a lot of times you're just competing with yourself. You want to just... Uh, Try to do better than you did before. Set those, your PRs. And, like, to me, you ought to just reset your PRs every 10 years or something. Uh, if you hit 40 or 50 or whatever, just, okay, reset it here. And we'll start over. And so you got some new challenges. Because a 30-year-old and a 50-year-old aren't on the same playing level. But I know some 50- and 60-year-olds that can really uh, fly out there. Mm -hmm. and. 
I know a lot of people are scared or don't want to go out for that first race, but just the community and the friends you'll develop by going there makes it all worth it. And you're going to think you might be last or not look like a runner. It doesn't matter. And somebody's going to be last, but a lot of times you'll be surprised it won't be you. Uh, I was never last, and I'm not a fast runner. And there was a few times I crawled. I was way back in the pack. And especially when you go to some smaller races, yeah. it could get scary. If you're worried about it, go to the bigger races. If you're worried about fitting in, you can go to the store and get clothes to make you look like a runner. And you know, like they say, fake it till you make it. But you can get the clothes, look like a regular runner. Nobody's gonna know if it's your first race or your hundredth. I've put, I've done a lot of five Ks over the years and a lot of races. Yeah, so I mean, to me. Just the uh, just the environment or being around it, it's just it's just a good time to me. Very few races have I not really gone. I've had some a lot of bad races, but I can't say I had a bad time there. Just going out, and being with the other runners and your friends and stuff. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, you can have a poor time, but like your time, your pace might be poor that you're in like an environment that you like and with people that you like and getting a beer and a banana (laughs) pretty is a good uh win um what does racing look like you i guess before the pandemic started what um so you were doing 5ks what what does it look like for you now well since i've started i've got 12 marathons in uh, over the course of 16 years, uh, I've done, I was planning to do another Akron, or not Akron, Canton's Hall of Fame Marathon, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Marathon. That was supposed to be in April. That's become a virtual race. Uh, I'm doing that. So last year was kind of one of those off years for me. I made two attempts at my 13th marathon did not one I didn't start one uh because of an injury at work and the other one I got sick out on the course and it dropped out uh so I'd still run a variety of race distances uh anything from I've done a few mile races all the way up to the marathon I've done 150k uh if you're into ultras I Kind of did that and then decided to stick to marathons and half marathons. <laughs> it was one of those things. I turned 50 and decided it was a good idea to do 50K. <laughs> laughing because, yeah, those like those, um, yeah, those birthdays that we think, like, oh, I have to do this thing to celebrate it. And then you're like, yes. I signed myself up to do this. What was I, and I mean, I know what it's like training for a marathon. That takes over your whole life when you are training for a marathon. Anything past that, I'm sure you're just tired all the time and achy. Yeah, you, you've got to stress your recovery time too. Uh, make sure you get enough sleep. Try to do some stretching, maybe foam rolling and things like that uh i was working with a coach to get ready for this year's uh might go back there uh if i do a fall marathon 
that's up in the area. But uh, my, right now, my plan is to try to run one or two marathons a year, mix in a few half marathons and a few 10Ks or 5Ks in there with it. Uh, a lot of times, I, there's been years I've run 20 and something more merit races in a year. So, yeah, I like to hit the races. Yeah. yeah. I think that helps keep me motivated to keep running, even though I'm not a fast runner. Mm -hmm. it's that like having something to run for like looking forward to or work towards yeah it, it, it's to me it's just that's my goal especially with the marathon or the half you it's a goal just to finish them at those distances and you really do have to work for them to get there uh, you don't want to go into or even a half unprepared at the you know you you could probably a 5k you could finish without I mean, if you're in regular health and have done a little bit of running, you can finish a 5K without too much uh, danger to your health. But if you go out to do even a half, you, 13 miles can be a uh, is a challenge. And I mean, I'm, I know I run enough. I could probably go out and run one any just about any time I wanted to. Whether I got the now getting a type of time I want to in the half is another story. Yeah. And, I mean, for me, uh, the marathon's the big goal. So I'm still working on that, trying to get right. And matter of fact, the second one I ever ran in four hours, 26 minutes was in 2007. It's still my PR. Wow. Uh, for some reason, I kind of took some stuff. Haven't been able to get back to that shape or something again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And and it is, if you never do, oh, well. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. What, so you were doing 5Ks and kind of build yourself up. What about the marathon? Like, what was, where were you in your life that you decided to run a marathon? Because that's, I mean, that's, it's a, big thing and it takes a lot of training a lot of work like what about running a marathon instead of just doing 5k's like why a marathon for me for some reason that was one of those things that's out there that one of those big goals i you always heard about it i always know about like the boston marathon and this marathon uh and it was such a big uh challenge just to finish it that I, even before I started running, it was one of those things, well, if I ever started running, I could do, maybe do one. And then when I started, started realizing how far that is. <laughs> so um, finally, it was, did the Towpath Marathon, that's near Akron, Ohio, uh, has my first one. And I was able to finish it. Me and a friend had started training together. We did most of our long runs together and stuff. If you do get it running and want to do a long race like that, it does help to have somebody to run with. And we did uh, that. We went and ran it. And I, like I said, we just went out to finish it. But uh, that's one of my, uh, how do you say, you know, it's something I'm really proud of that I've been able to finish 12 of them. Uh, and just getting that first one done was a big accomplishment to me. But it was, uh, to me, it was just that goal of finishing it and being able to say I'm a marathoner. Uh, 
no matter what happens in life, I'll always know I was able to do it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It sounds like the community is like a big part for you too. Having to run with or work with a coach, like the, the other people, that's a big part for you with running. I don't think I'd be as good of a runner or be as dirty if it wasn't. If you were just going there and everything. I mean, I, I guess right now there's not a lot of races that at least I have to actually go quite a distance away to go to a race where I don't know anybody at. Uh, matter of fact, we went to, I'm in Ohio. We went down to Texas on vacation and I found a race while we were there and did it. Um, the two, uh, but I didn't know anybody there. I still had a good time, enjoyed it, even though. I've learned a couple lessons there. A, if you go down to Texas, make sure you get acclimated to heat before you run, before you can do a race. I should have, because I we got there like Saturday, and I didn't run on Saturday, and the race was Sunday. It's, and it was still hot when we were there. It got up to 90 later that day. The other thing was, on Saturday night, don't drink anything called a rum punch. And... <laughs> But we were on vacation, and I wasn't going for a time there, but it was a 10-mile race. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't think I was properly hydrated, especially with the heat that we had there. So it's a couple lessons if you go down to somewhere else to run. Give yourself a little bit more time to acclimate if you're, if you're doing a serious race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Austin, Texas last year during my marathon training. I think I went out to – run and I was like no like I, I think I just did a mile because it was so hot and it didn't even matter it was at like 7 a.m and it was already like over 90 degrees and I was like no I'm just not doing this I it's it was so hot there it was I, got run, I got runs in every almost every day I was in Texas but I keep wondering where were there trees I couldn't find trees. There was like hardly any shade anywhere I ran. I there's barely any trees. I saw some palm trees where a few places where we were near Houston, just outside Houston. Mm-hmm. The race was actually right near this NASA. Uh, and and the shirt and the metal had a little space fan on it. So that was kind of uh, but the heat there was high and I mean I I slowed down a whole bunch just so I could get you know, a short run in every day. And I was supposed to be, that may have been partly messed up with the, my fall marathon training. So, but live and learn. And if you go to Texas, just be prepared for some hotter weather. <laughs> yeah. So can you share a little bit more about how you make running like a habit in your life. So we chatted a little bit about like you running with other people. That's a big thing. Um, you said right before we got on the call that you made sure you got running in after you finished your work day and before we started this podcast, but like, how do you make sure that you get it in so that it's actually a part of your life and it's not just on your training plan, but it's actually happening. Uh, for me, it is part of my, it's just, after a while, I've developed the habit. You just gotta keep that habit going. Uh, right now, I'm doing something a little out of the ordinary for me. I uh, created this uh, run through the pandemic thing. I'm just doing it myself, and I'm trying to do at least a mile every day. Because normally, I'm like a five day a week runner. Maybe sometimes four, sometimes six. But right now, I'm making sure I go out 
and run at least a mile every day. And like today, I just got a mile in because I knew I had this. I really, and I, I wanted to eat for, we had plans. And so got all those others. But like every day, it's just, uh, I either have somebody I'm meeting or I, I got the running group. I, I meet with them two to three, sometimes four days a week. Or there'll be one person that wants to go run this day. Or we have two days a week that I schedule with our running group. Yeah. Uh, uh, and if I, have a, if I want to do a long run, I'll have other people coming to do it. Or I know people that were training for marathons. I'd go out and do part of their, at least part or all of their long run with them just to help them train for a marathon. I've done that. And if you know people are going to be there in the morning or afternoon or whenever you're going to run, it's harder to not go because you know somebody's waiting on you. Yeah. It may be easier now because you can send them a message. I can't make it. But uh, with the group, it's not so bad if one person can't make it. But if there's only you and one other person, I'd feel lousy if I could do what if I didn't make it. So I end up running, the, I'd probably say three days, at least three days every week with somebody on normal circumstances. And one or two days, I'll be running by myself. Uh, and the other thing is, I do try to keep most of my running at easy pace. So you're, you're not killing yourself. You need those easy runs. If you're following your training plan, you're going to have easy days and hard days. Keep your easy days real easy. And so you can be hard on them. Yeah. Hard. You run hard on the other days. Can you explain more about that? Because sometimes people do think they just have one pace and they don't realize that there are other paces. So how do you, like, how do you know for yourself if you're running at an easy pace or a hard pace? A lot of watches have the heart rate, you know, heart rate monitor if you're not sure. Uh, look at your race pace and take a couple minutes off it if you don't have a heart rate monitor. Uh, the heart rate monitor is good. You can pretty much figure out if you you just got to figure out your zones or say it. Well, it was the other thing is like I run with, if you run with somebody, make sure you can hold a conversation for your easy days, your hard days, you might not be able to. But uh, if you can hold that, you know, be able to talk like we are right now, when you're out for a run, you're doing an easy pace run. And if you can't, you would probably run too hard. Because uh, according to coaches, if you want to improve, you got to have a lot of easy days and like one hard days. If you run five days a week, you probably want four of them to be at your nice, easy pace where you should be conversational. Just go out, get the miles in. You shouldn't be straining too hard to breathe. You shouldn't, the recovery shouldn't be too bad. That's the impression I got. Uh, well, I started working with the coach for the rate, the marathon I was supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> Before it got canceled, but uh, she had me run a lot slower than I was expecting. Yeah. On my I mean, it was a little bit slower than that, and some of the hard days weren't as hard as I th was expecting. But uh, because with the marathon, I with the marathon training we were doing, a lot of it was uh, longer runs, holding up different paces and stuff. Uh, plus, with your longer runs you got to slow it down so you can finish it. It's more important to finish. But, uh, yeah, if you, if, other than uh, 
I my watch has the heart rate monitor with the wrist watch. I know some people don't think that's the most accurate way, but I keep an eye on it if I want to, whether you're trying to, especially when I'm trying to keep it an easy pace run. Mm -hmm. So I know if I get over a certain uh, heart rate that I'm running too hard, or if I'm running with other people and I'm struggling to talk to them, maybe once in a while I'm on an uphill. But, <laughs> uh, you know, just use those as your indicator. Try to keep most of your running that way. There's there's a lot of uh, books and signs to behind just the easy running. You can improve. It might just take a little bit longer, but uh, your likelihood of getting injured this way is actually less. I mean, your bone, you know, your muscles are less like. So if you do most of your running nice and easy like that, it you can definitely improve. Yeah. I think that like, that's the big thing too. Like, like the, the longevity, like if you go slower and you don't hate it, um, and it's not like murder every time that you go out for a run, you're more likely to want to do it. And also that too, like you're not hurting as much. Cause it's, I mean, like running is great and cardio is great, but also it, it does cause it like your feet are hitting the pavement and it's a lot oh, yeah. of pressure on your body. So like overdoing it, I think that sometimes new runners myself um it's like oh my gosh i have to do this because i have to lose a bunch of weight and i have to prove something to someone and then we overdo it and then we realize oh now i'm hurt <laughs> and i can't run it all and now i have to go at this slower pace which i should have just done in the first place um but that's like i feel like that especially right now that's one thing that i feel like i've had the conversation with a lot of people about what's happening is like just slow down like everything just slow down um and it'll help long run i rather keep running consistently and not get hurt and be a little it'd be slower than try to push the pace all the time and then end up hurt or pulling this or that and being sore and not want to run for days. I mean, I can go run five miles. To, well, I ran five yesterday, well, four or five yesterday, and I could have run it again today. Whereas if I had really run hard, I probably definitely wouldn't have been wanting to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah, not, yeah, and that makes sense too. Like at a race, you might give it your all, but if it's not a race, it's okay to just go slower. There's no medal on a Monday. There's no medal. <laughs> no. No medal Monday. Oh, man. Well, okay, from the weekend, but you know. Um, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I wanted to, um, have you seen running, like lessons that you've learned from running go into other areas of your life? Or... Um, I mean, you've been running for a really long time too. Like, have you just seen running help you in other parts of life as well? Yeah, I can. Yeah, because you you learn you're capable of doing more than you might have thought before. There was a time I might not have thought I could do a marathon. Uh, it gives you time to think things out. It can keep you on an even keel uh, mentally. The mental health aspect of of running is probably underrated, especially by people that don't run. Uh, to me, and I think it's it keeps me a little more mellow and stuff as far as relationships go and things like that. And I 
I mean, it can help you keep focused on your job. And if you are a creative person, I get a lot of great ideas while I'm not running. I may have to start carrying a recorder because sometimes I like memory's not as good later. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the health benefits physically, I mean, you can look, I mean, suppose can help you keep your weight off. It can help blood pressure. It can help, you know, just about anything. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things it helps with. But uh, I think the mental aspects can really help you, you know, as far as, you know, like I said, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> yeah, it helps you blank out like that. But you can get a lot of great ideas out on the run. You, yeah. you know, you can build confidence to help you. Uh, like with my podcast, obviously, running is a great influence, I think, because it's just all about running. But uh, during this pandemic, all of a sudden, I'm reaching out to people to ask them to be on my podcast that I never thought I would. And I've gotten a couple of them to say yes. Uh, this weekend, uh, I'm driving my own. My, I don't know when you're putting this out, but my podcast, I'm, I can't believe I asked Dina Castor to be on my podcast. And I just interviewed her last week, and it's coming out this weekend. Yeah. So I couldn't believe, you know, running like that. And I just asked Bart Yasso, and he said yes. And I'm like, there was a time I never would have asked them, I had the courage to ask them to be on my podcast. I mean, actually, last year, I spent my podcast, yeah, almost two years now. And, like, the first year I did it, it was just me doing like a audio journal or talking about different things running. I finally got the courage up to ask somebody, and this is mostly local to Youngstown, uh, to be on the podcast. And I really think it's improved my podcast. But, you know, there's things like that. Uh, most of my ideas for my podcast are either things I think of while I'm running or, or I steal it from other people's podcasts because I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> yeah i think that is one of the coolest things about this like obviously uh well neither of us are we're not journalists or, or reporters or anything no i'm far from that <laughs> we're like hey i want to start a podcast and i've already done something that i didn't think i would be able to do and i bet i can figure out how to start a podcast and then we both did it and then I bet I can ask someone to be on my podcast and then we did it. I think I was the first one that was not from your town that was on yours maybe right uh, I haven't checked back but you yeah. were definitely close to it yeah but yeah that like doing something you never thought that you would be able to do and doing it another thing too well at first I was and I'm probably gonna still do it this way later after the pandemic but uh Local people, I was just meeting at like Panera and talking to them. It took me quite a while just to get up and say, "Oh, let's go do it. go get on Skype or Zoom or whatever and record a podcast that way." Matter of fact, I, uh, this was really the yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember when I started doing that, but uh, somebody asked me to be on their podcast, and they did it on Skype. So then I figured out how to do it, and one thing led. Then I started branching out to other people. So now I'm reaching out even further outside this area, outside my area, even though I still want to have, you know, get local runners on there. Uh, Cause that was my, still is, you know, uh, 
the, a lot of the locals and talking about running in Youngstown areas. One of the things I do like to talk about because that's where I do a lot of my races. Uh, but it's yeah, like I said, with the the podcast was really out of character with me. I'm like far from being a journalist. I'd probably be terrified of public speaking and things like that. And it was something I kind of always wanted to do, and finally started doing it. And then I I realized a lot of the podcasts I like are the ones they're either interviewing somebody or it's two people together. So I started getting another person to be on it with me. Yeah. I love that. I think I, I said, but the, we think like at 18 you graduate high school and you're supposed to have your life figured out, which is so silly because you could live to be like a hundred years old and there's a lot of time for you. <laughs> um, but just this idea that you can, you know, reinvent yourself at any age and you can, change what you're doing and decide to try something else really at any age. And I think that's a big thing that I'm hearing from you. It's like, you can start running at 38. <laughs> you can start a podcast later on in life. It, like um, Anyone. I don't know. Am I old for being a podcaster? I, I started thinking about that. I'm like, well, I think I was 53 when I started. I'm getting, uh, August, I'll be 55, you know, double nickels. And uh, I may not be your typical uh, running podcast host, but it seems to be working out okay. I'm getting other people involved. Uh, we're doing a group podcast on on Skype now. Uh, I mean, it's most friends of some of mostly friends of mine, and I've actually made friends from podcasting and things like that. So it's kind of crazy. But it was something I wanted to try and do. And like I said, I mean, I've looked at the other ones, you know, and I listen to a lot of running podcasts or running related podcasts. I may be one of the oldest podcasters out there. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I've, another, there are some others that are around my age or because mm -hmm. uh, I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. There's a few that are my age or older, but. That just started out in your 50s probably might have been a little out of character for anybody or but like you say you can't make that change and uh i think like one other thing was i am an ambassador for the youngstown marathon and i think the podcast had something to do with me getting that position uh, because i was promoting it on the podcast and even last year, even when I wasn't an ambassador, I was getting different people from the podcast. I stole this idea from a different podcast, uh, getting different people from a certain race uh, and following. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I was getting other people from the, from, I was getting people from the race, different people come in and talk about it to help promote that. And now, unfortunately, I'm not really promoting it because there's, I don't, I can't blame them because I, I had some other plans for the fall and I haven't signed up yet because I'm hesitant to sign up for any races coming up until I'm sure they're going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I think that's really cool to be able to start anything at any age and then just go with the flow and kind of I mean you like reinvent yourself every year you're like okay I'll try <laughs> let me 
me try doing this. Yeah, that's awesome. So with the pandemic happening right now and plans for the fall, so yeah, we have no idea if there's going to be anything. I'm signed up for the marathon and I'm just kind of like, I don't think that Chicago is going to let people from all over the world come here. I just, I can't see it happening. I have my fingers crossed. It would be amazing. But my goal is to just train as if it's happening and whatever happens, happens. What does, what does running look like for you as you look at the second half of this year? How are you, what are you thinking about it for the rest of the year? Uh, I'm probably going to take the same approach you are. I am doing some virtual things to keep my, trying to keep myself motivated. It's not working as well as I wish. As for, but I am getting out every day, at least doing a mile or two, uh, some many days longer. I did uh, a virtual half marathon the week before, and I'm trying to. Well, that was just this past weekend, but uh, trying to do some of that stuff. I got into that uh, great run across Tennessee, the great, yeah, a great virtual run across Tennessee. I did sign up for that, and that's. That's from May 1st to the end of August and to get across Tennessee, which means I have to average like 35 or so miles a week. And, but if I keep it all nice and easy pace, I'll be fine. I think I can do it. Um, as far as that, I'm going to kind of take your approach and train. I was thinking, I haven't, I was going to, do the uh, wine glass marathon in Corning, New York. That's in October. And there's another one near here. Actually, the first one I mentioned earlier, the Towpath Marathon, it's on the same day. Uh, because of job situation with my wife, and I, I may not want to travel to New York and everything. So I might switch up and do the Towpath. But I'm going to train like I'm going to run a marathon on that day. Mm. and. If one of them happens, that'll be the one I'm at. If both of them happen, I'll get to make my choice uh, when the time's coming. If neither of them happen, I don't know what I'm going to do. But <laughs> maybe I'll just go out that day and run a marathon somewhere nearby. But uh, that's the plan right now. I'm going to train like I'm going to run one of those races. Uh, like I'm still working. I think I told you that earlier. Uh, my wife's laid off. So there's some financial considerations with as far as going away to races and things like that. You know, I'm going to pay the bills first. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the, the thing you said too, and I've, I've said this and I've, this is the main message of like running for our mental health. Like I like if the race happens or not, I need to be doing something for myself and be working on something for myself. And if it happens, great. And if it doesn't, whatever so I had that for myself yeah I, I i don't want to get too hyped up right now because i was big time on the uh, pro football hall of fame marathon and it really hit me kind of hard and depressing why i started looking for other things to do uh i ended up, they were going to defer to next year and then they switched it and they gave us the virtual option i decided to take the virtual option i'm going to get all my stuff I mean, I'm debating whether to run the marathon or downgrade to the half, but I'll still get all my medal and everything uh, just because I haven't really been running enough mm -hmm. to do a full. 
properly. And plus that way I get my choice if I decide to do a spring race next year, which is very likely. <laughs> I would uh, be able to pick whichever race I want to do. But, uh, yeah, I, it did kind of depress me for a little while there. And it, for a while, it was hard to get out the door and go run when, after it had officially, because I kept holding out hope earlier. I mean, back then, when I was before it was canceled, I was still holding out hope. I said, oh, that's not still then. This is March. Maybe things will be all right. And then it's just getting worse and worse. And, uh, as far as things getting canceled and shut down, and then it was finally officially shut down. And yeah, it did hit me hard. And you came in, and um, I mean, I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people I know. A couple of my friends that we were that I run with, they were supposed to do Boston and the Pro mm -hmm. Football Hall of Fame Marathon six days later, and mm -hmm. both, you know, with Boston being canceled, that would have been even that would have been rough. That would have been much worse. But uh, yeah, this it did hit me hard, and hopefully. Hopefully, uh, it's not a <laughs> I just want to get back at it and, you know, back to another race. I know as soon as things start, they're starting to open things up here now. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling the first race I can get into, I, even if it's the 5K down the road or a, or a hour and a half drive away, I'll probably be signing up for it. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been called a race addict before, and, you know. Not not, huh? Of all the things to be addicted to, it's not a bad one. <laughs> oh, no, it's run, running and, you know, that's the one thing I have noticed. If you listen to some other and follow some other one, the runners I follow, or especially with ultra runners, it seems like they traded one addiction. You'll, you'll meet, I don't know how many people I was, oh, I was addicted to drugs or alcohol. Yeah. I gave it up and became an ultra runner. Yep. <laughs> I've had that conversation with people or even just uh, people who are like really, really into their diet. They're like, I'm paleo, I'm keto, whatever. It's like they left one addiction and they picked up either becoming an ultra marathoner or some other thing that's like just as extreme, but not as harmful to their body. But like, yeah, yeah. like they need that, that extreme thing. Mm -hmm. I, maybe that's my problem. I was I gotta go become an addict or something. Then <laughs> I'll become an ultra runner or something. Be better. I just I was never like totally like I was kind of overweight, but you know, yeah. but never like obese. We see these people have that great transformation. Now they're out running Ironman and stuff. Or or they were a drug addict. Well, yeah. I, you know, I never was an alcoholic. I never did drugs and anything like that. You know. Yeah, I'd have the occasional beer and stuff, but I was never the extreme. And then I take up running, and it's like, I'm in this mellow middle area. <laughs> it's a great place to be. Yeah. All right. Well, this was amazing to have you on the podcast. If people want to connect with you or hear more from you, where are the best places they can find you? You should be able to find Just a Runner's podcast. It's about anywhere uh, that you listen to podcasts. I'll hopefully... Uh, they can email me if they can't have just a runner six five at gmail.com. And you can find me Facebook Bruce McIntosh. Instagram on just a runner. I can't think of them on anything else. <laughs> but uh you move me up. I'm not on what? TikTok, the new dancing app. I, I be on that. Yeah, I'm not gonna be dancing before you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> all right. Amazing. I will have all the links to everything um, in the show notes so people can find you. Thank you so much today. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hey, if you are working from home and you are feeling really gross, I have something for you. So maybe you are waking up and the first thing you do is scroll on social media or maybe you turn on the news to see what's going on. Maybe you're starting your day uh, consuming a lot of sugar. <laughs> bagels, coffee cake, whatever. Or maybe you are so busy and stressed with working from home or having your kids at home that you're not taking the time to eat. This is a big one. And then you're finding yourself snacking throughout the day or maybe you're in your pantry at the end of the night kind of eating whatever is there. Um, these are all things that I've struggled with in the past and my clients have struggled with as well. And so what I did is I made this quick guide for you to give you some easy wins. Usually I talk about things taking a long time to, um, to feel, a long time for the journey to happen. These are quick wins that if you implement these starting today, you're going to feel good at the end of tonight, okay? So these, this is the three easy steps to feel good, not gross, while working from home. This works uh, if you are out of, job, out of a job or if you are doing your job while from home. This works for everyone, anyone and everyone. I'm gonna put the link in the show notes. Again, three easy steps to feel good, not gross, while working from home. You deserve to um, enjoy the life that you're living. It might not look exactly like it did a few months ago, but we can make the best out of what is happening right now. So grab that in the show notes. All right, guys, take care.